Welcome to About the Winelands, where we chat to wine influencers, winemakers, restaurants, and businesses. If you are interested in what to do and what to drink in the winelands, this is the show for you. Feel free to contact us should you or your business wish to be featured on the show. Now, let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to Will and Wine and your first about the Winelands chat. In this show, we will be chatting to influencers and leaders in the wine industry, winemakers, restaurants, and other winelands businesses, and of course, all things wine. I thought a good way for us to get the ball rolling is to start with a little bit of history. So let's start with the story of how wine conquered the world. The story of wine is deeply intertwined with the story of all of recorded human history. It seems everyone in history managed to make wine. In the Bible, we first hear the mention of wine in the book of Genesis, when after the flood, Noah, drunk on wine, exposed himself to his sons. He was, of course, punished by God for this. And this is the first recorded act of drunkenness. In the New Testament, even Jesus turned water into wine. According to Wikipedia, wine has been produced for thousands of years. A trusted source, that is Wikipedia, shows the evidence of wine in Georgia from 6000 BC, Iran from 5000 BC, and Sicily from 4000 BC. What we know of to be the oldest winery is founded in ancient Armenia and dates back to 4100 BC. This site was discovered only in 2007 by researchers from US, UCLA. Now the pharaohs made wine in ancient Egypt. After the pharaohs rose to power in Egypt, they began making a wine-like substance from red grapes and, due to its resemblance to blood, used it in religious ceremonies. It was during this time that the Egyptians came in contact with Jews as well as the Phoenicians. It would be these guys, the Phoenicians, who would cultivate the wine and began to spread it around the world. Scientists also discovered a cellar in northern Israel that dates back more than 3,700 years. This cellar could store 500 gallons of wine. It's more than 3,000 bottles in today's terms. I would love this ancient cellar, wouldn't you? After the Phoenicians began to trade across the Mediterranean, including the Middle East, it spread to Greece and Italy, and wine was spread to these areas via jugs of wine the traders carried with them, as well as grape wines. During their travels, the Phoenicians came in contact with the Jews who began to use wine to mark religious ceremonies. The Greeks blessed their souls, having been exposed to the wine by Phoenicians, began to perfect the beverage. In a short time, Wine became a symbol for trade, religion, health, and wealth. The Greeks also named the first god in honor of wine, Dionysus. As the Greek city-states began to rise in power, they colonized other land among, around the Mediterranean, and along with their armies, traveled with wine and planted grapevines. Vines spread through Italy, and eventually, wine reached Rome. So Romans did what Romans do, and the Romans built an empire. 
the Romans grabbed wine as their own, created the famous Bacchus, their own god of wine, and made wine a central part of their culture, just as the Greeks had done. The Romans formalized and improved upon the Greeks' cultivation methods to the point that Turar is, is recognized for the first time and famous vintages were enjoyed for decades. The most famous vintage of this time is from the year 121 BC. And um, unfortunately, I haven't drunk this wine yet. Also, also, I haven't met anyone that has tasted it. So if you have tasted 121 BC, please let me know. As the empire expanded across Europe, Romans planted grapevines in modern day France, Germany, Italy, Portugal, Spain, as well as a number of Central European nations. After the Roman Empire adopted the Catholic Church and with it Christianity, wine became a central part of the sacrament and its importance to Catholicism and mass caused the Catholic Church to focus on wine cultivation and production. Monks in Italy and France began working as vintners and winemaking technology were perfected. As the Catholic Church grew across Europe, wine grew with it. I just want to make a side note here. The church was responsible for establishing one of my favorite wine regions. And from this region, I've enjoyed more than a bottle or two. In 1308, Pope Clement V, the former Archbishop of Bordeaux, relocated to the town of Avignon. Clement V and subsequent Avignon popes were said to be great lovers of Burgundy wines and did much to promote them during the time the popes ruled from Avignon. Pope John, who succeeded Pope Clement, in addition to Burgundy wine, regularly drank wine from the vineyards to the north of Avignon and did much to enjoy uh, to improve the vertical, vertical cultural practices there. Under John, the wine of this area became known as Vindupa, this term later becoming Chateau Neftepop, the excellent wine we enjoy today. Wine soon traveled to the New World. Um, it was brought to Mexico and Brazil by European conquerors and spread across South America from these two first locations. In 1554, Spanish missionaries traveling from the north, including Mexico, established Chile's first winery. These missionaries then also traveled from Chile to Argentina, settling in the Mendoza wine region and planting the region's first grapes. It's also interesting that during this period, that is 1562 to 1564, wine was briefly introduced in Florida by French Huguenots. The Huguenots used native grapes to make wine in Jacksonville, Florida, but soon stopped as the wine did not appeal to them. Just a quick interruption, but I do need to remind you that our winelands have some of the most fantastic places you can visit. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Visit Winelands and we will keep you updated with the latest offers and other special deals in the winelands. That is on Instagram at Visit Winelands. Now, let's get on with the show. In 1608, Quebec City was established in Canada. The French settlers and the Jesuits who followed them attempted to grow European grapes with little success, and then they turned to local grapes. In the state of Virginia and the USA, the French started planting and importing French grapevines. The production began slowly as it did not immediately take off due to the colony's Puritan roots. It did, however, take off in Virginia later on. 
Meanwhile, wine spread to South Africa. In 1652, the Dutch East India Company established a trading post in South Africa, which is now called Cape Town. And uh, as demand was created for wine to supply the sailors for the long journey around the Cape Point from India back to Europe, vines were planted and wine production began in the Cape Province. In 1687, the first French Huguenots were settled amongst Dutch farmers a few kilometers from Cape Town. Most of the Huguenots settled in a town called Franschhoek, which is Dutch for French Corner. And today the towns of Franschhoek and Stellenbosch are the center of the South African wine industry and a fantastic tourist destination. Be sure to visit the Cape Winelands when you get the time. You will be pleasantly surprised. In 1769, wine came to California as Spanish missionary Junipero Serra, having traveled from Spain to spread the gospel in the new world, traveled to California from Mexico City, opening a mission in San Diego and bless his soul, bringing with him grapes, grapes in order to create the region's first wine. Spanish missions then spread across California and the Franciscan monks brought with them the art of making wine, establishing Sonoma's first winery in 1805. In 1785, Thomas Jefferson was appointed the minister to France. Jefferson was a well-known Francophile. He traveled to France, fell in love with French wine, and particularly with the Bordeaux and the Burgundy blends. Jefferson became convinced wine of equal caliber could be produced in the USA, and when he returned to, to the States, he did so with more French grape cuttings and a desire to see wine thrive in Virginia. In Australia, wine was introduced by the English First Fleet of 1787, who went to establish a penal colony. The fleet stopped at Cape Town, collected some grapevines, and planted the first grapes in Australia, establishing the Australian wine industry. In 1836, the first vineyard was planted in New Zealand. I think the most exciting thing that happened in recent times was the Chinese economy opening to the world. Since 1980, China has opened its economy and the world started, and of course, China started importing French wine, followed shortly by the French themselves. And the French, working with local partners, started planting vineyards. And in 30 years, as China's middle and upper class populations boomed, the nation has grown into both one of the world's largest consumers and also producers of wine. So, what's this space for the story of Champagne? I asked the question. Did a drunk monk invent the devil's wine? Stay tuned. So after this history lesson, I need a glass of wine. Until our next chat. Thank you for supporting our show. If you would like to get more exposure for your business, please have a look at our sponsorship options. Also, for a small donation of 100 Rand, we will list links to your business on your website. Thanks again for supporting About Winelands. Please follow us on YouTube and on your social media channels. All details and links are in the description.